Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Thank you for serving the Lord in this house. We are still learning, growing together. We are not perfect, but we love the Lord and we want the Lord's will to be done. We just want to do what He says in the Bible. Uh, we try to reach out to the nations in the world. I plan to record more teaching into uh, Mandarin language and also into the Japanese language to bless the people out there. Uh, I believe we have some good teaching to bless the body of Christ. So pray for me and the recording team. We just set up the studio in my house now. We try to record a lot of teachings each week and put in the internet to bless people around the world. I just put in a couple teachings in Japanese, and within a few weeks, a couple weeks, hundred something people listen and more people subscribe. I believe that there are some Japanese people in Japan want to hear the word of God. Amen. So we're going to do in Mandarin as well. Are you ready for the word of God? Hallelujah. Okay, today maybe two two seat belts. One on each side, right? A left seat belt. You cannot run away. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight. I have started to teach about abounding life two Sundays ago. This is one of the series. I like to teach things into series. We want to study certain subject in depth, in detail. So, if you are really hungry for the Word of God, don't forget to go to the CD or the Hebrew table. And you can have a thumb drive. Come and download each series to listen. We have a lot of series that will preach many, many years, like series about demons, about the file of God, great grace, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's so many series. I really recommend you listen to each series in detail, so that you can learn in depth about each subject in the Bible, and it will change your life. If it changed my life, it will change your life as well. The Word of God will change our life. Actually, I just got the movie from Thailand that a one of the lady in Thailand she got saved. She is a mountain people. She came from down from mountain. She could not speak Thai very well because it's different accent, and she. Just record the movie to send to me to encourage me that she got saved and she listened to the teaching in the CD all the time. And one day, her mother got really, really sick, almost to death, in the bed. Her mother was not a Christian, so she decided to turn on our CD all day long for the mom to listen. So the mom kept listening to the word of God, and she got out of the bed, healed, and got saved. The Bible says the word of God is like a medicine. Yes. Amen. When you listen to the word of God, it's like a medicine, make you healthy, strong, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. You will be strong when you are in the word of God all the time. You cannot read the Bible while you are driving. I don't recommend you read the Bible while driving, but you can listen. So we have technology. You can listen to the teaching while you're driving. But don't read the Bible. You can read the Bible at home. Otherwise, the police gonna get into to you. Second Corinthians nine eight say, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. The word "abound" in the Greek language is "purizo," which means more than enough or surplus or excess. He want. To make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance. Also, this word abundance is purizio, which means more than enough for every good work. Today, I would like to teach you the key to get into the abounding life. The key to get into the abounding life. Very important key. I'm going to read from the book of Second Corinthians, chapter eight. Actually, Second Corinthians, chapter eight, and Second Corinthians, chapter nine. We can see the word grace and grace again and again many times, and we can see the word p r i z o so many times in these two chapters of the Bible. 
And these scriptures were written by the Apostle Paul to the saints in Corinth. You need to understand the background a little bit. The saints in Corinth was, were very powerful in the gift of the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongue, interpretation, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and they were affluent people. They were quite well-to-do financially. They were not poor. They were okay financially, has a lot. But he wrote to them to kind of instruct and encourage them something. When he started to write in chapter 8, verse 1, he began to talk about another church in another land called Macedonia. The church in Macedonia is the church of Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. So he was mentioned, I think, mostly about Philippian church. Because later on, we're gonna, next time when I preach, I'm going to read from the book of Philippians. So he used the example of the church in Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea to encourage the brothers and sisters in Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 2 from NASB. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God. Everyone say grace. In other words, everything we can do right, we can do well, come from the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in the great ordeal of affliction, in the Greek language, this means trial, the test of faith. They were persecuted badly. Because of that persecution, they became poor. They did not have enough. Their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth perusio. Abundance of joy, perusio of joy, and overflow in the wealth of their liberality. Perusio of their liberality. Again, the word perusio mentioned two times in the, in the second verse. Let me read from New King James Version. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God. Again, the grace of God is mentioned ten times in Second Corinthians 8 and 9. Grace of God. Based on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of fiction, the abundance of that joy and that deep poverty abounded, Perusio, in the riches of their liberality. Let me read from NIV. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, Perusio joy, and their extreme poverty, welled up in rich Perusio generosity. Let me read from NLT. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. They are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant Perusio joy, which has overflowed in Perusio rich generosity. The believers in Macedonia, in the church of Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea, they were persecuted. They faced the trial of their faith, and they were poor. But interestingly, the Bible says they overflow with the wealth of generosity. Can this be together? Troubles, trials, poverty, mixed with joy, not just only joy, abundance of joy. People still laugh in poverty and in trial. Not only that, is it possible that when you face trouble and poverty, you still overflow with the heart of generosity, or with the abounding heart, the joyful, willing heart. The topic of the sermon today, the key is a joyful, willing heart. If you want God to bless you with an abounding life. In our Christian walk, our emphasis should not be about how much money we have, how much collection of money in the bank account, how much materials or how many homes we own, how many cars we own. Our objective of life 
That those things will come. Don't worry. God is a abounding God. But our objective should be how much I become more like Jesus, how much I grow spiritually to become like Him, and what kind of heart attitude, what kind of character I have. Do I have the character of Jesus? So the teaching today is quite new to a lot of you, because the Word of God will renew your mind. And change you. How many people believe that as a believer we have room to develop and grow? You think you have arrived to be like Jesus? No, I have not. I myself have not. Actually, this sermon I wrote it a year ago. Yesterday and Friday I read and I study again and again. Pastor Da saw that all day, all night because it's a difficult subject to preach from the book of Second Corinthians chapter. A very difficult subject to understand the truth. Of the Holy Spirit here, the Bible says clearly that the covetous attitude or seeking to get something from somebody else and loving money is wrong. But the reality is, we all need God's provision to enjoy life and to do the great commission. We need finances, strength, anointing, manpower to preach the gospel throughout the whole world. We cannot do it without money, without manpower. So we need to depend on God's help and provision, and that's why God said, "I want you to have the life of abundance, not just for meeting you need to pay your bill each month, but you have more than enough to do every good work. And the good work is what helping the poor, doing good things, preaching the gospel, building churches. So it's God's will for all of us to live." An abounding life, a super abundant life. I want to encourage you one thing: our God is not in the business of condemnation and confusion. Any time confusion and condemnation happen, it's not of God, and it is of the enemy. So please don't condemn the poor. Don't say that because they don't have faith, they are poor. Don't condemn anybody, and don't be confused with. All the things about finances and material, confusion and condemnation is not of God at all. Actually, Paul said that even though the brother and sister in Macedonia were very poor, but they overflow with rich generosity. In other words, God doesn't look at what you don't have. God doesn't look at what you don't have. God look at what you have and your heart. What you have? That boy who have five loaves and two fish—that's all he had. And his heart is that okay. Jesus took it, my lunchbox. He has the generous heart to give his lunchbox to Jesus. He was very generous, and that's all he had. And God took it from him. The little he has—five loaves and two fish—not a lot. God doesn't look at people the same way man look at. He look. At the percentage of the willingness of your heart, Luke chapter twenty-one verses one to four. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped into two small coins, very very little. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. You see, God doesn't look at what people don't have. Look at what they have. She has two coins, and look at her heart. She is very, very have a big heart, willing heart. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Jesus said that this poor widow gave more than anyone else in the temple. She has a very generous heart. All that she need to live on, she gave to God. She was a very generous giver. I tell you the truth. I have been a Christian for 38 years now, and pastor for 37 years. And I noticed one thing: Pastor Dan and I can witness. God has a special favor for generous people. Really, when you are generous, something good can happen to you. This is real. Something good gonna happen to you. God loves cheerful givers and generous givers. Don't worry. 
the offering bag has passed by. I'm not preaching this to collect money from you. I'm doing this to train you to become mature Christians, not to be baby forever. My job as a pastor is to train you to become strong, mature Christian. Amen? Therefore, I will not compromise any message in the Bible. You need the good food in the church. Amen? When we are generous givers, God say, good, I will give you favor. Again, we must not emphasize material things and money. We emphasize the heart. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 say, He said to them, take heed and be aware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses. Again, God said, don't worry about materials. Look at your heart. Is your heart full of covetousness or not? Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Want to take something from somebody else? And also, loving money is a form of idolatry. Don't do that. Don't try to get something from somebody else. I give you example lately. I find that a lot of my patients have a disease that is not for me to cut on. But they present to me similar to the disease, I can perform surgery. And the MRI shows something that I can say from the, to the insurance and to the patient that I can perform surgery in this area, even though it will not help my patient because it's not from there. And when I look at the picture, my flesh tells me, if I cut on this, I cut on their back, I'm going to get some cash. And they will not know. But they will come back to me and say, my pain is still there. What should I do? And then they say, oh, I'm sorry. I sent you to another specialist who fixed that problem for you. It's not my expertise, but I already get the paycheck. I will not do that. Because that is covetousness. That is to get money that you should not do it. I will be honest to my patient. I don't want to have a bad heart. I don't want to practice idolatry to love money. Amen? Our mind needs to be renewed. We need good understanding of the Word of God so that we can be free. The truth will set us free from condemnation, confusion, covetousness, the love of money, all the things that will stop us from being effective for God. Amen? So today I'm going to teach you the truth to renew your mind. The truth will set you free. My question to you is, can we have abundance of joy in poverty? Can people still laugh when you don't have enough? The sermon for this camp is Rejoice Always. We're going to talk about joy in this camp. And the reason we have joy is because we have faith in God. Can we overflow in rich generosity while we are in deep poverty? Can we? Yes. A lot of people give nothing. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm trying to tell you the truth. A lot of people give nothing. And I'm not talking about giving offering on Sunday into the offering bag. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the lifestyle of giving to the neighbors, loved ones, friends, co-workers, classmates, or friends in the church, or the poor on the street. They give nothing. Why? Because they think that I don't have to give. A lot of folks do absolutely nothing in the area of giving. Because they think I don't have enough to give. In fact, they expect other people to give to them. Everywhere they go, when are you going to give to me? I need something. My brother and sister, as long as you have something, you can do something with it. And whatever you have in your hand, you give. God accept it. That's what the boy did. He gave. I remember when I first moved to east part of Thailand called Jantaburi, we joined a Baptist church there. And the church has no fence, so the thief came in to steal the things in the church building. The church doesn't have money to build the fence. And Pastor Da, we just graduated. We still sleep on the floor. We don't even have a bed to sleep. 
We have a very rundown car. We were poor, actually, at that time. I just graduated from medical school. My salary is only $200 a month working for the government. $200 a month, I think less than that, $150 a month. And we have saving in the bank about 10,000 baht. That's all we have because we were students before. When the church say, we need the fence, I and Pastor closed the bank account, gave that all $10,000 to build a fence, and the fence was built. 10,000 baht, not $10,000. What did I say? $10,000? 10,000 baht, I'm sorry. 10,000 baht. That's a lot for me because I was poor. After that, God opened the door for me. My clinic was packed after I gave that offering. It was packed. The finances rise up to be able to pay all the debt off. My brother and sister, you can have something in your hand and you can still give. Even though you feel that you are poor. I believe that on that day when Jesus was watching that poor widow, some theologian will raise hand and say, Honey, don't need to give you so poor. You don't need to give you so poor. Jesus did not say, Honey, take money out of the offering bag. We don't take it. I'm going to give money to you. Did Jesus do that? Did the two coins stay in the offering bag, in the collection box? Yes. Did Jesus say, uh, this poor widow, she's so dumb, she gave all her money to God? No. Actually, he made a scene. He spoke up very loud. Hey, everybody. He called everybody's attention. Look at this poor widow. She gave two coins. She gave more than you. Wow, he made a scene. He called the attention to the whole temple. And he did not take the money back. You have little. You, have, you may have two popsicles. You can give one popsicle to your friend. You have $5 in your wallet. You can give 2 or $3 to your friend. Whatever you have, the little you have. If you overflow, let me read this scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. That is in NLT. The key to abounding life is here. The heart issue. It's not about money. It's not about material things. It's your heart. Do you have the overflowing of the rich generosity in your heart? Do you have a, call, a so-called a joyful, willing heart? If you have that, you are a candidate or you are qualified to have abounding life. Start from here. Abundance, joy. The people in Macedonia did not cry, did not complain. They did not say, poor me. We are poor. Why don't you give money to me? Oh, God doesn't love me. No, they laugh. They're singing song. They're so full of joy. And they're so full of the abundance of generosity. Look at what verses 3 and 4 say. For I testify that according to their ability, they mean the brothers and sisters in Macedonia, and beyond their ability, beyond their ability, they gave of their own Accord, the NASB say they own accord, but actually in the Greek language means they gave willingly, begging us with much urging. They beg <laughs> to give for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. At that time, the saints in Jerusalem were in trouble because they were persecuted, and the saints in Macedonia say, "We're gonna join you, Paul." to support the people in Jerusalem, the brother and sister in Jerusalem. Paul did not plead them to give at all. Instead, they pleaded Paul, Paul, let us give. Let us get involved in helping these people who got into financial trouble. Now today, most of the time, pastor have to come up to give the sermon 
I will never, never preach one hour to get people to give, because I want you to be willing to give. I don't want to coerce you, force you to give. I want you to give out of your generosity. The way should be the other opposite. Pastor, can I help? Pastor, can I give? Pastor, what you need? Church, can I get involved in the mission? Can I get involved in remodeling the church? Can I give something to build the kingdom of God? You should plead me, actually. And until I say it's enough, we have enough money. It should be that way. Actually, that happened in the time of Moses. They want to build the tabernacle, and. God said, let these people come and give free will offering. And they come and give gold and silver to the point that Moses say, hey, hey, stop. We have more than enough now. It would be nice if the church said, could you please stop giving? <laughs> that is the Macedonian attitude that they plead to give. Amen? We need to think this way. It is an honor and privilege to be involved in the business of God. It's an honor and privilege that God called you to do something for the kingdom of God. Amen? I feel that way. This morning, I talked to Pastor Da. Wow, look at this magazine, house magazine, the real estate magazine. Wow, that house is on waterfront. So nice. We can do it financially. But the house small. Waterfront house usually small. And no one can park there because it's so hard to drive in the waterfront. And I told Pastor Da, you know, I'm so blessed and feel honored and privileged that we live in our current house right now, that the bonus room up top can be changed to a studio to record the teaching that bless the whole world. I'm so happy and feel honored to use my house for the kingdom of God. We don't have a lot of stuff. We bought and put the stuff in, put the light, put the furniture to make it as a studio to record the teaching to bless people in the whole world. We have this much, we give this much. We have little, we can give what we have in our hand. We have more, we can give more. So this is the key. I want to be involved in the gospel. I want to use what I have to bless people. Not covetous, not about me, 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 me. But I want to use everything I have. When we started the church, Pastor Dan started the church, we live in a small house. We have a run-down Toyota Tercel and also Volkswagen. What is that? Jetta. We did not have much. My salary at that time, when we started the church at our house, I have salary $1,300 as a resident at University of Washington. Every Sunday, we feed people. We open our home. We used our bedroom as a Sunday school room, and our bed was broken by Pastor Tyson. <laughs> Pastor Tyson was still, what, five years old? He was jumping on my bed, brand new bed from Lovitz. Pastor Da remember all the details. She is an accountant. <laughs> and it's broke, brand new bed. But it's okay, we never complain. Amen? <laughs> Don't despise the little you have. Use the little you have for the kingdom. Then God give me bigger house. Bigger and bigger. Because we allow God to use our home, our car, our bed, our bedroom for the kingdom of God. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verses 5 to 9. And this, not as we had expected. It means that they gave more than we expected, the people in Macedonia. But they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. The key, this is the difference between people who sit in the church, I tell you. The key to make you move on to live an abounding life is that you give yourself to God first. If you steal your own idol, I, me, 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 you will not do anything. But you say, I give myself to God, God use me, and I never forget that. On that day, 1985, I knelt down in Green Lake area. 
I kneel down and say, God, I gave my life to you. You can use me to do anything in Seattle. After that, God answered my prayer. I gave myself to the Lord and then to you. The Bible says, by the will of God. Actually, the original language means move by the will of God, which means move by the grace of God. The people in Macedonia can do that because they will move by the grace of God. So we urge Titus, as he had previously made a beginning, so he would also complete in you this gracious work. What is a gracious work that Paul talked about? Giving love offering to help the people in Jerusalem to finish it. Titus went there and came back and going to go there again. But just as you abow, perishes, Perisio, I'm sorry, Perisio in everything. Now Paul, a very tactic, he instead of say, hey, your guy, you promised God even before the church in Macedonia one year ago. Actually, the, you read the story, the history of the church. The church in Corinth promised God to give help to the people in Jerusalem one year before the church in Macedonia. But they never did. They just say, yes, I will do. But they never did. So Paul has the right to say, hey, guy, repent. When are you going to finish it? They did not finish it because they love money. And then Paul used the way of encouragement. Just you, Persio, about in everything. In faith means the gift of faith. And utterance means prophecy. And knowledge means the word of knowledge. And in all earnestness and in the love we inspire in you. You say you have much love, you're so on fire for God. Wow, you are revival church. See that you abound, you perusal, overflowing in the gracious work also in helping the people who are in need. Be generous to people who are in need. I'm not speaking this as a command, but as a proving through the earnestness of others. In other words, he say. I gave the example of Macedonia church to you to inspire you that, hey, be generous. Finish what you promised God that you're going to help people in Jerusalem. The sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace. Now, he starts to quote. The best example of people who are willing to give to make other people better. This is in verse 9. The best example that the Macedonian church follow this example. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that yet through his poverty might become rich. Jesus is the best example. He was so rich. He was willing to come down into the earth. He went to the cross and became poor so that we can have abounding life. I'm going to explain the practical point in a few minutes here. Okay, you can see Macedonian churches, they were poor, but they have a generous heart, rich in generosity. They gave whatever they have to help the people in Jerusalem. Jesus himself, actually he had everything. He was God. He was willing to give up to give his life so that we can have abounding life. What will we have, little or more, we can give to help other people to have more than enough. That's what Paul tried to say. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 to 12. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin they were the first to begin a year ago. They say, hey, we're going to help the people in Jerusalem a year ago. Not only to do this, but also to desire. Everyone says, to desire. To do it. In other words, he say, you should do it with a willing heart. But now finish doing it also. They keep postponing for one year. They did not do anything with it. So that just as there was the readiness, which means willingness, to decide it. So there may be also the completion of it by your ability. 
For if the readiness or the willingness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. I'm going to read from New King James Version in verse 12. For if there is first a willing mind, everyone say willing. It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Paul said that, brother and sister in Corinth, you talk about giving for one year to help the people in Jerusalem. But you never finished. You still could keep postponing. Are you willing? You say you love God, you love people. Are you willing? If you're willing, why don't you complete it? Finish it. And God going to accept what you give according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. That's what Paul tried to say. Man, look at the outward things. How much people give. But God looked at your heart. You may give only $2, but that is a lot for you, and you're willing. But somebody may give $200 check out of his $3 million in his account with multiple homes, multiple cars. And when he gives, ah, the church wants me to give money to them. <clears throat> okay, I do it. I feel guilty. The pastor talked about this on Sunday. Read the scripture about giving every Sunday. I do it anyway. The heart. What make God accept your giving? For man, people hand a check to you. You will take every check. You don't care whether they're willing or not. You take it. But for God, if you are not willing... He will not take it. He will not accept the heart that complains and has a bad attitude. He doesn't care about your money. He just looks at your heart. That's why the Bible says, God loves cheerful givers. Who are cheerful givers? Cheerful givers are those who are prompt to give, willing to give, Again, I'm preaching this not to collect money from you. Don't take me wrong. Not at all. God is my witness. I don't have hidden agenda when I preach this one. But I need to preach. Second Corinthians chapter 8. God is my witness. I don't have hidden agenda about money at all. But I want you to have the right heart. Cheerful giver. God will accept whatever you have, not ever you don't have, Whatever you have, and you give with a willing heart. With a cheerful heart. That's what he will take. Unwillingness shut off the blessing from God. Willingness open the floodgate of heaven. You don't need to have a lot of money to give. As I share with you, I gave since I was poor. I did not have much. Very small salary, $1,300 a month. Jackie car, small house. We gave to God since we were poor. You don't need to have a lot. But the question to you is, are you willing to do something with what you have when God called you to do it? That's the question. Are you willing to do it right now before you go to heaven? Some people say, oh, when I go to heaven, they can do whatever money I have. No. Are you willing to do it? When God said, do this, use your house, use your car, use your little ability you have, use your little gift you have, use your little money you have to do something for me now. Are you willing? The question, are you willing to do it? Second Corinthians eight thirteen and 14. For this is not for the ease of others. Now I'm going to explain. And for your affliction. The language is very difficult to understand, but I explain to you. But by way of equality, at this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, for the need of the people in Jerusalem, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. 
What does it mean, this scripture? Let me explain to you in the practical point. Okay? It means this way. Sometimes somebody has some financial need or get into trouble, need help. And they pray to God by faith. Father, I really need help. They never come to you. They never bug you and ask you for money. They just pray to God. Out of the grace, the mercy, and the compassion of God. And he responds to that person's faith. God will tap on your shoulder. Can you write a check and help her or him? $500. And you don't understand why I have to help. But the Lord tap on your shoulder. And you say, oh, no, 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 no. I don't need to give to this person. You know what is next? He's going to tap the next one shoulder. He's going to keep tapping the shoulder of some believers until the prayer of that person gets answered because of his mercy. When I pray, God, give me video team, sound team to help me record to bless the world. I pray to God. God tap on many people's shoulder and come to me. Pastor, I'm willing to come to your house on Saturday at 7 a.m. to help you record the teaching. I say, thank God. God answer my prayer. God tapped on their shoulder. Sometimes people need your help. And God's going to use you. If you say no, God's going to pass to the next person until somebody responds. Why does God do this in the body of Christ? Let me explain to you. Listen fair carefully. Okay. There are two sides here. The one who is in need and the one who has surplus, who has more than enough, or maybe even lacking. They don't even have more than enough. They just get by, but they have something in their hand to give. This person who need help, God loved them and answered the prayer of faith to meet their need by the love of God, by the grace of God. That's why the Bible emphasizes by the grace. And by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, tap on the shoulder of this person. Can you help that person? And if that person responds to the grace, help. That person come out from difficulty. This person, listen carefully, open the door for the blessing to come down and reap the harvest for the abounding life in the future. Do you see the picture now? That's why Paul said that for this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction. What it means is this. Very difficult language to understand. It means that I tell you to offer money to help the people in Jerusalem, not just because we can help them and make you in trouble to give money, to write your check that you don't want to write anyway. You just mm, writing the check. I'm mad. I need to give this money. So, not for your affliction, for your unhappiness to write a check. But it's for equality. What does it mean? One of these days, you're going to need help. I myself, I don't need financial help. But I need manpower's help. The video team. People who can go to mission with me, help me to carry luggage and put things up. I need help. God sent me my wife. God sent people to me to help me. So one day we're going to need help. And that is equality. Both sides are going to need help someday. This one need help, this person help. This person need help, that person help. So we help each other. Is that what happened in the church in Jerusalem and in the early church? The Bible says in the Bible that no one is in need in the early church. You know why? They practice this. They help each other in the church. The rich help the poor. The poor that don't have money also give and help those who are in need. Equality. We help each other. I give you one example. This is a true story. I give you one example. There was a young man who went to Bible school and wanted to be a preacher. This man loved to have different kind of boots, leather boots, maybe crocodile leather boots. But at that time, he was so poor. He was a student at the Bible school. He has only one run-down, very bad shoes. And he prayed to God, God, 
I like to have a crocodile leather boots. Can you give money to me? And God answered his prayer. Somebody handed him $50. This is like 30 years ago. $50. He said, wow, $50. I can buy the boots. Wow, that's my second pair of shoes. That night, they have a revival service in the church. He walked into the church and he saw the preacher. The preacher was preaching with the nice shoes. And then God tapped on his shoulder. This preacher wants to buy another pair of shoes. He already has a nice shoes. Can you give that $50 to him? And that young man said, this is the voice of the devil. <laughs> this $50, that's all I have. I want to go tonight to buy the nice pair of shoes for myself. He has nice shoes. Look at that. He doesn't need another shoe, pair of shoes. And God tapped again. Are you willing to give that $50 to him to buy another pair of shoes, even though he already has 10 pairs of shoes? <laughs> God keeps speaking to him. And eventually, at the end of the service, he walked to that preacher and said, Pastor, the Lord told me to give this money to you. He let go. And you know, that $50 will not do anything much for his life. That what he gave out will make a big difference in the future. That pair of shoes that he wants to buy is nothing. But he needs more than that. Now that man become a preacher, the one who gave $50. Now his ministry has an airplane. He has a huge church in America. Blessing people of the whole world because that day he was willing to give $50 away. Open the door of heaven, giving the right to God. You need to understand this? We need to give the right to God to open heaven and bless us. The key to open that right for God to give us is to have a willing, joyful heart to obey what God tells you to do. If God tells you to do something with the little you have or the more you have and you say, yes, Lord, I obey you. He opens the door for your future. Not now. You don't even know what you need in the future, I tell you. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know either. I don't know that I need something in the future for this ministry. But he knows. He has the plan for us. We are willing to give out. And God will bless us in the future. We sow the seed, the little we have. And God will open the door for the harvest in the future. Some people say this way, I will give to God when I am rich. One day when I'm rich, I'm going to give to God. I can guarantee those people who say that way, when they become rich, they don't give. <laughs> it will be foolish to God. God is not foolish. It will be a foolish thing for God to do this. To give one million dollars to the hand of people who are stingy, love money, and will not do anything with that one million dollars. Why they are not giving the 50 cents out of the one dollar they have? They will not do anything with the one million dollars. If one dollar they have, they don't even give 50 cents. The Bible says, Luke 16, 10 to 11, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, which means money, and the little you have, who will commit to your trust the true riches? I believe with all my heart. The reason I come to this point of my life, I have more anointing, more understanding of the word, more finances, more success. Because all those years, the past 38 years, I gave what 
little I have. When we start to record the teaching to give to the whole world for free, we don't sell the teaching. In year 2000, we start around year 2010 or something to record MP3. We don't sell, we give. And as I give out the knowledge of God, He gives me more to understand the Word of God more deeper. I give, He gives me. The same principle. When you begin to give what you have, little you have, He gives you more. So He can trust you to give again, to give again. Amen? That is the way of life. This is the way of the kingdom of God. Don't wait until you have a lot. You can give while you have little. The key is you are willing to obey the Lord. When he prompts you to do something with the little that you have. Let me read last scripture today. 2 Corinthians eight fifteen to 17. It continued to say, as it is written, where was it written? Exodus sixteen eighteen. He who gathered much had nothing left over. And he who gathered little had no lack. What is it all about here? Exodus sixteen eighteen. What God says is, in the time of Moses, God sent manna. And some family, is big family, have ten kids. Another family only husband and wife. And God said that when the manna come down, because you have 10 kids, you gather a lot. But husband and wife gather maybe a few pieces, gather little. And he said that both sides, both big family and little family, will have no lack. Okay. But thanks be to God, who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus, For he not only accepted the exhortation, but being more diligent, he went to you of his own willing, his own accord. So he mentioned about Macedonian church, Jesus who became poor for us, now Titus who was willing to go and minister to them out of willingness. The whole message here is this. I conclude now. Our God is a super abundant God. God wants to give us abounding life, more than enough. But this is the way he is doing in the body of Christ. Somebody get into trouble, other brothers, sister, help, give. That person come out from difficulty. Then you get into trouble, that brother and sister help you. Another group of people help you. We help each other. That's why the Bible says, he who gather much has nothing left over, and he who gather little had no lack. In other words, no one in the church going to be lacking. The body of Christ will help each other. By the heart of willingness, rich generosity, open the door for God to bless the church more, to have more than enough to bless the whole world for Jesus Christ. Amen? A few times that God used people to speak to me about blessing Israel. And I want to do that. I want to find a good ministry. I'm going to ask some brother here. A good ministry that saves Jewish people to know Jesus Christ. And I want our church to get involved in helping the Jews to be born again. I want to be a part of giving to that kind of world mission. I just share my heart with you. I want to be a part. Let our church become that kind of church. Like the Macedonian church. But we are not Macedonian in the sense because we are not poor. We are affluent church. We have a lot. But don't be like the Korean church. They're affluent but they're so greedy and stingy. They don't want to give. Amen? Let us be like Christ. Why I prepared this teaching, this is not for the church. The Lord spoke to me about two sisters in the church, and I want to bless them. And I pray that it will not happen. One sister is going to have surgery. And I know as a doctor, when you pay medical bill, you're going to have to pay deductible. It's a lot of money. Not only that, another sister 
gonna go out as a missionary to another land. I feel prompted in my spirit. After we learn this, we should practice. I like to do love offerings to these two sisters. What we learned today. They need help financially. We're gonna gather money. Whatever God speaks to you, this is free will offering. The money doesn't come to me. The money doesn't come to church. It will go to them for their need, medical need, and the mission need. The money will go to them, and let God bless them to have surplus. And I believe when we do that, God will open the door for us. So one day, when we need help, your need may not be money. Your need may be a husband. You need to find a husband. Your need may be a wife. God gonna give you a wife. Your need may be God help your kids to come out from problem, get out from pornography or some drug addiction. But you saw first. So I want to do that. I already prepare my own check to give to these two person. You have little, you can give little. Whatever God work in your heart, but I believe this is gonna bring the breakthrough to your life. God give you the opportunity to do that together as a church. Amen. Should we do that together? I think it's an opportunity to bless people. God opened the door, so we should do that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I give you some time to write a check to New Hope, and you can uh, give, gather all the money and give to them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, help us to have abundance of joy in a time of trial. Help us to have the overflowing of rich liberality and generosity in the time of lack. Help us, Lord. We don't want to be immature Christians. We want to grow. We want to learn the way of God. We want to live our life according to your way, Lord. In your churches, Lord, there will not be any lack. Your people will have surplus, abounding life. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to get that key to unlock heaven. To receive the outpouring of your provision into our life, Father. Oh Lord, we know that this is not about money. We can use little ability and gift we have. We can use little home that we have, little apartment we have, to welcome guests and cook dinner and feed them. We can use our little car. To pick up somebody to go to church. When you promise to do something by your Holy Spirit, we will not be stubborn. We will respond to your prompting. We will be willing, joyful, cheerful to give, to serve, to bless other people, Father. And I believe with all my heart, Father, that your people in this church will experience what we learn from the scriptures here. Help us, Lord. Help some of us to come out from the bondage, the change of covetousness, of loving money, of unwillingness, of fear. They are fearful to give. They are fearful to be poor. If they give five more dollars, they will not have enough food to eat. That is, Lord, the lie of the enemy. Help us, Lord, to come out from that fear. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Father, as we give today. I believe that the breakthroughs will happen in many homes. Spiritual breakthroughs, relationship breakthroughs, financial breakthroughs, physical health breakthroughs. 
healing shall come. Debt will be paid off. Great things will happen because they give you the right to do it for you, for them, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know Jesus yet, or you are not sure that you are born again, your name is recorded in the book of life. I want to encourage you to return to God. God is real. You look at the Mount Rainier. You look at the flower. The flower will come out soon. Spring coming up. You look at those flowers. You know, God created you. It's impossible that those flowers come by accident, by explosion, Big Bang hypothesis. Come back to God, the Creator. If you want to do that, pray with me. Father in heaven, I give my life to you. You created me. I did not come from monkey. You love me so much. You sent your Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay for my sins, to save me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of the Living God. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. Come into my life, Lord. Become my God. From today on, I will easily repent of my sin. Forgive me, Lord, when I do wrong. From today on, I shall obey Your Word and Your Holy Spirit. I believe You shall make me prosperous. Abounding, wealthy in every aspect of my life. I shall not be lack. I shall have more than enough to do every good work, to help the poor, to feed the orphans, to preach the gospel, to build your church. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and sing. Change my heart, O oh God, together. Hallelujah. To have a willing, joyful heart. Willing and joyful heart. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.
Industrial Studio.